production. We're recording. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Gig Tales, everyone. The podcast where Ashley has shifty eyes right now. I do have shifty eyes right She's now. She's shifting. And now it's making Terry have shifty eyes. Now we're now I'm shifting my head. <laughs> your whole head. Your whole head. <laughs> Which moving. is just called moving your head. <laughs> There's no such thing as shifty head. Shifty head. Unless it's like it's like <laughs> no one can see uh, this. <laughs> but trust us, it's good. I'm so glad this podcast is not a video podcast. <gasps> Sometimes I wish it was because I make like faces and movements yeah. that are crucial. Yeah. I don't do well on the phone because I'm always like, I'm a big facial expression person. Yeah, and you're I'm, very like, expressive. But I'm not. I just, yeah. I don't want to see myself back like crying, wheezing, laughing. I like, wish I don't need to you see could what have just, like. yeah, there, there are some moments from this where, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There have been moments on this podcast. I never want to see myself, so I guess yeah, there's right exactly. Um, This is not a podcast about whether people (laughs) like seeing themselves or not. It's not. It's a podcast about whether people like hearing a gig or not. Yeah, Yeah. seeing a gig. I guess that's a whole thing about like gigs that are like recorded and videotaped, and how that's like different than oh yeah that's true we can get into that someday but not today not today today we're gonna just tell you about some gig stories some stories of performances of different sorts perhaps from different angles different perspectives different people Mm -hmm. different parts of the audience world oh oh (laughs) (laughs) different yeah oh yeah uh yeah and then you tell us your stories and we mm-hmm. tell them to you and then yeah. you tell us we were wrong right or if you want to come here we're mm. welcome we'll welcome you into the pod attic yeah a lot of people being you know quarantined recently not having places yeah. to go so if you want to come and have an outlet to you know interact mm-hmm. tell some stories come right on yeah they don't even have to be yours you can tell us a historical story that's right i'll allow it that's right in these trying times yeah i like it (laughs) (laughs) speaking of facial expressions i just made a good one yeah it's um you had an update i do i want to tell uh the funniest fucking thing happened to a friend of mine and a friend of the podcast (laughs) so he's a piano player Mm mm-hmm and he plays like all kinds of gigs of all kinds, upstage, downstage, instage. Yeah. Um, he'll get like calls to play a lot of, I guess, private parties is maybe the good okay. term for it. Like yeah. he does a lot of private, he gets private contracts and yeah. like he plays at a high profile like um, club, like it's a, um, what's the name for it? Country club, I guess, you know, okay. like just to have a piano player there. Yeah. He also does like piano bar type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so recently there was, as you guys know, a month or so back, there was a big like voting day, uh, super Tuesday. Tuesday. And so there were some like surprises on the democratic ticket and one person ended up really rising to the top. And now, so Joe Biden ended up becoming like, he's the front runner for whatever. So shortly after this, or, or well before this, I'm sorry, this friend of mine had booked this gig and it was very secretive. Mm. They wouldn't tell him who was going to be there, who it was for, nothing. Whoa. So it was Did for... Did he book it on Craigslist? Or I don't it? know who he booked it through. I know he has Bob a lot Saget. of connections, okay. but I don't know exactly what it was. And It, it has was to a, be like someone you trust is booking you because you yeah. wouldn't take a... Unless you're Matt Jackson, you're not taking the gig where you don't know where it is yeah. or who it's for or you, if you have to wear clothes or not. <laughs> right. 
That's a very special kind it's of like gig. a lot of variables, a lot of unknowns. So he took this gig and it was a travel gig too. So he had to travel from his state, which is in the middle of the country. Okay. And it was in Washington, D.C. Okay. Well, so he had booked there's this a context clue. Yeah. He had booked this gig before Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and after Super Tuesday, this one candidate rose to the top. Like, you know, it was suspected some other would be front runners, whatever. Yeah. There was a lot of surprising, surprising yeah. surprises. Um, so he found out that this gig was at the house of a, I want to put it how it was put to me, a very prominent feminist. Democrat. <laughs> Democratic fundraiser, maybe okay. a feminist. I don't know. Okay, he be. didn't know. Sure. Okay. So his wife had seen that Biden was mm-hmm. going to be in the D.C. area for some fundraising yeah. because after this, and the reason for the Super Tuesday thing is after that, it really affected people's like fundraising and what they yes. were doing, whether they were going right. to drop out, some whatever. Candidates dropped out, and they were they started to mm-hmm. support. Yes. Throw their fundraising and their support in different directions. Right. And so she knew there was a fundraiser. So they started to realize, oh, my God, this is going to be for Joe Biden. Because it was super secretive. Mm. He couldn't know anything about it, whatever. So he's on the flight there. And um, he started to learn the fight songs for Joe Biden's schools. Oh, Which, side note, when she told me that, I went. Fight songs? Like, I thought it was something to do with boxing. Oh, like, no, it's like, yeah. It's like, like your... Yeah, like your rah-rah, like pep rally Your type football. Of your, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's a little side gig tale that I could not put two and two together. Yeah. And then once she told me what it was, I went, Our college oh, didn't have yeah. that, I don't think. My high school had one. Yeah. And, like, my dad went to my high school and stuff, too. And it's, like, very, like, we can, we still all sing it Well, sometimes. we didn't have a football team. College? Oh. We had a, we had a hockey team. They just marched <laughs> in that big for anyone, field by the door. Anyone who'd come and see in the goose practicing shit. at yeah. the most inopportune times, <laughs> blaring in all the windows. Okay, if know. you're anyway. listening and you went to our college and we did have a fight song, you tell us, then yeah, we'll yeah. tell you. Anyway, so you think sh- the music department would know about the fucking fight song? Though. Why would I know about the marching know. band's fight well, song? It's not the marching band song. Yeah. It's the school's. I don't know. Anyway, Whatever. Yeah. Go Riverhawks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so she, so he was learning the fight songs on the plane, just like, like to have them in his back pocket. Yeah, I guess that's something he was, does. Okay, for certain people, it's like yeah. a way to I don't know connect with them sure. or whatever. It's kind of cool. So we were on our way to a birthday party, and he was on our way his way to this gig. And so a bunch of friends of ours who were in this chat, we were together at yeah. this birthday party, and she sent a follow up, and she was like, "Oh man." Oh no! So he gets there oh, no. to this very secretive place, embracing myself, super so secretive, hard. waiting to see Joe Biden, and in a big sign says, third grade parent social." What? <laughs> it was some school's what? third grade like parent night, and he what? had to play. For and they them. flew in a musician from the, the Midwest. Of, yeah, what? Maybe it's a really prominent private school. I don't know. Very private. It was very private, very secretive for the third grade parent class. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Super disappointing. He said someone behaved very badly there. Oh, dear. At the parent social. Someone jumped, uh, threw himself across the piano. (gasps) What? And everyone was appalled. Uh, I mean, come on. You're away from your eight year olds for the night. You got to get fucking crunk. 
What? And if you're a a dick, then you're going to throw yourself on a piano. (sighs) Oh, I just thought that was the ultimate letdown. That's such a cock tease. That's terrible. Because, yeah, you, yeah. Mm -hmm. You want, yeah. That's terrible. (laughs) I'm so sorry. But also so grateful for that that story because that's awesome. You know, I wonder if, like, I've heard of um, certain people like their songs being used in campaigns and stuff. Mm. Like I think Bon Jovi, I think Bruce Springsteen, like certain people's uh, certain um, candidates. And I honestly don't even remember who or what side they were on, but like in the past having used certain songs in their like advertisements or at their rallies. Oh, at their rallies and, and then stuff. Yeah, bands yeah. are like, if they're not supportive of that candidate or that party, like yeah. they've done like cease and desist and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. I would imagine like, I don't know how that would go because if you're an artist and you get like, I guess you sign on for the secret part of it and you say, I'm okay with whatever the hell this is, but then oh, it would kind of wow. suck. Like if you, if yeah. you're not a supporter of Joe Biden yeah. or whatever, whoever it is, then yeah. like you get there and then it's this thing. Like, is that, or if you, even if it's not a political person, if you have like an ethical problem, yeah. like if I showed up to like, if I was a piano player yeah. and I booked a secretive gig and I showed up and it was the fucking fur makers convention yes, of North right. America, I'd right. be like, noping right out right. of there. But I guess I think if you sign a contract that you're saying I'm okay, it's secret and I'm okay with that, yeah, then you're kind I don't of know. saying I'm okay with whatever it might be. But if it's like, you know, the, I mean, the I'll... secret serial killers convention, like, <laughs> you know, that's I don't tough. support that's tough. you, but I support I all of your podcasts, <laughs> right? I know. I don't know. I mean, I'll say even at my current place of work, we do business with a business that I very much don't support. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think everyone's in that position. But as an artist, I can see why that would be very difficult. Yeah. If you show up to the Michael Vick dog fighting association. Yeah. Yeah. There's, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot. Like, obviously, if it's something illegal, then that's like different. But I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Maybe. We have you ever had to do for that? secret gigs? I don't think so. No. no, I don't think so. But I've never signed on for something secret. <laughs> like, or what a if secret agent or just if something's there, something happens. Yeah. I mean, I've even been, if it's not secret and you just show up and yeah. you didn't realize like maybe it was for like a specific organization. Right. Yes. I've played mm-hmm. gigs where like at venues where the venue has said like, oh, we're having an event like will you be the entertainment and i don't i don't always necessarily like inquire as to what the event is for and uh-huh. i've showed up shown up and there's been like charity fundraisers mm-hmm. or whatever and i've always been okay with it like mm-hmm. they've always been you know fine yeah. causes and stuff but i i i you know i could imagine that there might be something that yeah yeah would not be people don't want to get behind um, yeah it could be it could happen so. interesting. interesting let us know if that's ever happened to you yeah you ever showed up to a gig and it was not what you expected yeah and you had to leave ish mm-hmm. that's interesting um yeah i realized that um i went to the alan stone show and i didn't give like a formal update or report back on the 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 show itself Mm -hmm. but um which is required on this podcast we go to a concert we gotta report back report back Mm -hmm. so i was there amanda cody was there um she was also at the show which is cool um but yeah we so we the the show first of all the show was at um royale which oh my god i haven't been there in years i I, like it yeah i had i somehow have never been to a show there i go to shows like 
It's like right by the W, right? Or something. It's like in kind of in the theater district. Yes, it's close. It's like I think it's part of like the a Marriott. Yeah. Well, not part of, but it's like it's at the bottom. Yeah. 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 I I had somehow never gone to a show there, but it's it's cool. It's It's so weird, but it is definitely it's a club like at night, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Has like major like club vibes yeah. like i could, probably could have snorted something off the floor if i oh, wanted yeah. to but um get a little glitter in there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah tom and i had never been it was it's cool it's like it's a similar setup to like house of blues but it's just smaller yes yeah. like only one kind of balcony instead of like the two and i think the view is better way better because it's, yeah. it's a lot smaller uh-huh. yeah yeah so we went up on like the mezzanine or balcony or whatever you want to <laughs> call it and uh there's like a sound sound and lighting booth and mm-hmm. that's where we like to stand like at house of blues mm-hmm. we like to be behind that mm-hmm. and partially because it's going to sound good if that's where they're mixing from and then partially because tom likes to peep all the the sound gear and like oh, nerd and figure out, out what he's going to buy later yeah, and hoard mm-hmm. so and it's nice because you have like a place to like lean against like the little the wall or whatever mm-hmm. so we kind of like posted up there and there were two openers um <clears throat> I don't remember either's name. I apologize, but I wasn't I wasn't blown blown away. They were fine. I, I'm I'm not gonna pursue their music any further after the show. But I okay. wasn't I wasn't mad about listening to them. Like they were fine. Um, I wasn't but, mad about listening yeah. To them. Like I, it was it wasn't unpleasant or anything. Sure. But I wasn't. I'm not you know diving into either of their stuff. But um, there we're sitting we're standing like right behind the freaking sound guy and there's like f- this faint like feedback happening during one of the openers and we're like how we're like looking at him looking at the band like looking at him and like he just he's not even reacting I'm like how are you not hearing like the low grade like feedback hmm. like pit, high pitched like how are you not like you're not doing anything you're not like reacting it was weird like I wonder if he like has hearing loss in certain frequencies, but then probably. Like, you probably shouldn't be a sound guy. Like, I don't isn't know, that weird. almost inevitable? Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. It was like I don't know. Just the mix. The mix was weird. One of the groups had like two drummers, and it just it was like oh, a lot. No. I'm like, I mean, some it, it works for certain bands, but like Who? it was not like Tedeschi Trucks. Okay, like I don't know, but. It was just a lot and it was very boomy and it's just the mix was kind of kind of bad. So we were like, oh, fuck. But then the the mix for Alan Stone was a totally different board, different mm-hmm. like person. So it was really good. The okay. mix was really good. So we were happy. Okay. Um, yeah, it was. A, he puts on such a great show. He is just like a ball of sunshiny energy in oh, like man. the best way. It was a really good show. It was a great mix between like great musicality. And then, like, once in a while, he would kind of get with his, like, the, the, there was, like, a drummer and a keyboardist, like, up on the, like, a platform in the mm-hmm. back, and then Alan in the middle, and then he had a guitarist, a lead guitarist and a bass player. So the guitarist, the bass player, and Alan would, like, once in a while go into little, like, choreographed, just little cute little, like, swaying together or, like, little, you know, I can get behind that. or something. Uh, yeah, like, I can get behind that. Yeah, when yeah, it was, yeah. like, appropriate and yeah. kind of cute, right? It wasn't, like, overdone. It wasn't, yeah. like, cheesy. It was really cool. Um, and he's just great. But one thing that I really stood out to me, because I don't think I've ever seen anybody in this, that, like, rain. 
I don't know, anybody in a professional setting, he, at the end of the show, he, you know, most, most artists will introduce their band. And mm-hmm. I, I always love seeing how different people do it. Mm-hmm. Like if they just say their names, if people take a little solo, mm-hmm. like I remember Chris Stapleton, like writes a little improv song about mm-hmm. his people, which is like kind of oh, cool. I like yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I always like, I kind of love that part of a show. Yeah. Um, so Alan obviously did that, which was cool. But then at the end of the show, he called out his crew and he, by name, each person, like, this is the lighting guy and said his name and the lighting guy did a little, like, light flicker show thing yeah. and then, like, the the mixing and then the monitor guy and the guitar techs and whoever, like, he called out each person by name and, like, let the audience, yeah. like, applaud them Aww. and just took the time to really, like, thank everyone right. for being away from their families and contributing to the show. And yeah. I just thought that was, like, a really he's just a he's a class yeah. act he's like a really he seems just like a really good guy and, and he goes and this is our craft food services guy <laughs> yeah. and he just starts whipping cheese <laughs> yeah, at the audience it out there. he would like that be yeah that'd like be excellent fuck like you light guy piece of cheese be great. give me a fucking wheat then right? <laughs> so oh, like i just thought that was like it was worth mentioning because i think it just speaks to him and i think he's just like it seems like his whole kind of tour crew is like and band is very like family atmosphere very much like a community and mm-hmm. he's, he's really supportive and cool so yeah that was a good experience go alan yeah and friend a new, of the cast now i know i'll like look up who's playing there because i wouldn't mind going yeah i do like it there that's yeah. a really good comparison too to say it's like the house of blues but it's like less shrunken like, down yeah fucking annoying yeah sorry yeah. i hate the house of blues Me too but everybody goes there. It's just, it's a, we need something else that's that size. I agree. That's a But better. that's just, has a better, like, design to yeah. it. Yeah. You listening? Yeah. You listening, Marty Walsh? <laughs> yeah, Fuck right. you. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. <laughs> I'm going to adjust my little I mic know, stand right? here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Terry. So you have a gig tale prepared for us. I yeah? do. And I, okay. I got to figure out how all I'm right. going to. I'm buckling. And just so you guys know, like, I, we don't, when we do prepared stories or whatever, like, we don't tell each other what our stories are before what we're, what we're working on. No. Um, so we like to. So we could both be working on the same story. We we could, we could, because we don't have uh, a a paid staff yet to vet our stories and uh, do our research for us and collect things for us. We do not. If someone would fucking sponsor us, yeah, if Tank could get off his ass, stop sleeping twenty hours a day, then we could fucking kick back while some intern does research (laughs) for us, and then we just read it and spend all of our millions on donuts. Yeah, can we do that, please? Thanks. All right, so this story. comes to you and me directly from a friend of the podcast okay. and a guest on the podcast, Ooh. Mr. Nick Tuttle. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you see this? No. Oh, I must have gotten to it before you did. Oh. Oh, I did see this. <laughs> okay, okay. He sent, he sent his An hate email. mail. Mm-hmm. Yes, his, his hate mail. Um, yes, I did. I did see this. Okay. Yeah. So he saw but this. But I did not look at it Okay, because I saw that you were like doing it and I was like, I don't want to know a thing. He okay. saw this headline and it's yeah. clear because the subject of the email is he copied the whole like <laughs> headline and put it into yeah. the subject line of the email and was like, you guys okay. got to do this story. So I was like, okay, I'm going to uh, give this a try. And I looked into it because, you know, sometimes stories like grow fruit. Some of them don't. Yeah. Okay. So this is a story of um, Jeremy Spencer, who was one of the original guitarists for Fleetwood Mac okay. back in the late 60s, like early days. 
and uh, a fucking adventure that he went on. Okay. <laughs> so, Jeremy Spencer joined Fleetwood Mac in 1967, band's early years. He was one of the original guitarists. Okay. And he had a hard time fitting in with some of the other guitarists. So, Fleetwood Mac, if you don't know, we should do a whole episode oh on the comings and goings Ugh. and the affairs and the marriages and the datings and the... I know. What a... I mean, it's dynasty. I know. <laughs> At our last Cat Pack gig, we do like a a block of Fleetwood Mac songs because, you know, we have yeah, all, all Fleetwood singers. Pack. Fleetwood Cat. Oh, Fleetwood Cat. Okay. Or the yeah, Fleetwood yeah. Pack mm-hmm. or the Catwood Pack. Mm. We have a couple things floating around, but... I said, you know, we're kind of like Fleetwood Mac to the audience over the mm-hmm. microphones because, you know, we're all sleeping with each other, whatever. Oh, that's true. But it is because we're three married couples and... And you're all having affairs and, with each and other? And the bass player. And then Paul. So, <laughs> and then so Paul. we're like, we sleep with each other, but like <laughs> with the people we're married to. But it's like, you know, it's it's fine. It's close enough. So yeah. he was um, recruited into the band by one of the guitarists, Peter Green. And he was kind of isolated from, I don't want to say isolated, maybe like he didn't quite fit in with the other guitarists. So it was Peter Peter Green and Danny Kerwin. And his musical style was very different. He was really into like parody and tribute type mm. rock stuff. So he okay. would like... He would do these parody things. He did a great Elvis impression. Mm. And on stage, he had like a stage persona. He would do very detailed impressions Mm. and like parodies and all these things. He was into really like old rock and doing stuff like that. He even released an album of kind of like a rock parody thing at one point. He was the original Weird Al. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) Sure. Yes. We'll say that. Okay. Um, but Peter and Danny, who were the two guitarists at the time, they like got along more musically. So he felt like felt like he didn't fit in with them. He okay. like was kind of socially awkward, whatever. So he was a gifted impressionist. His stage persona was like very loud, very over the top, uh, very comfortable on stage. He'd do impersonations of Elvis and Buddy Holly, and overall like a very engaging entertainer. Okay. So, but. The band members would say that backstage in his private life, he was not like that at all. Mm. That was not his real personality. He was very reserved, severely religious. What? Yes, very religious. Severely. Severely. (laughs) Bear with me. Severely. Uh, Funny enough, though, as was Peter Green, one of the other guitarists. Okay. um, And... Spencer could often be found reading the Bible alone in his hotel room on tours. Okay. Like, that's what he did with his time. Yeah, that was his thing of choice, not, like, doing lines, like... No. Yeah. Um, Well... All right. Maybe. He rolled up a... He ripped a page out of the old good book and just... And just rolled rolled it up up and... and, Snorted the good word. Yeah. That is very good. (laughs) Let's go start Seven Fires. Mm. Uh, 126 (laughs) beats per minute from here out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so him and Green at one point, the other guitarist, announced plans to produce an orchestral choral biography of Jesus Christ, oh. saying, quote, we believe in God and this is a serious venture. Did he, did he, had he never heard of Handel? Did he not know about? Uh, I'm sorry, it's Handel. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm not one I'm of those sorry. people. Have we talked about Dickie that? Dickie Wagner. Dickie Wagner. I don't care if you say Handel or Handel, but I got so um, 
terrified into saying Handel. Really? That now I say, yeah, you never got shit for saying Handel. No, no, we I did. We, I mean, we did the Messiah. I know. And always called it Handel. You never had anyone go. It's no. actually Handel. No, I don't give a shit how you say it. Yeah, but I got so much shit for saying Handel in mm. my life that I, out of fear of retribution, yeah. just say Handel because yeah, I'd rather not get into a discussion sure. about it. Yeah, but here we are having a discussion here about it. Here we are. I don't really. I'm fine either way. <sighs> so that project never materialized, and instead he went on to record several albums with Fleetwood Mac. Mm. So that's 1967, 68, 1971. Now we're fucking getting into it. Okay. Fleetwood Mac, we know. Mm-hmm. Christine McVie had joined the band, and Spencer was feeling uneasy about his place in the band. He was fitting in less and less, and apparently he was listening to earlier recordings of himself singing, and he was embarrassed. So he would be found listening to these old recordings of them on tour and he was like so mortified and he would say oh my god i sound like shit like this is embarrassing i hate it Mm -hmm. so according to mick so they were on this tour when this was happening yeah and according to mick fleetwood spencer apparently had difficulty recovering from a mescaline trip he had experienced early on during the tour okay so he was having a hard time yeah guys just have we said it yet? Can you just can you stop it with the white can, drugs? Does everyone act normal? Like, can everyone just? It's never going to do you any good. No. You're going to end up making a disco album. <laughs> you have to actually legally in order to get out of the trip. That's part of it. You can't leave your trip until so you've made you, a commercially successful disco album. I mean, are there? Do those exist? Commercially successful disco. Uh, Donna Summer. <laughs> okay. Come all right. On. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Fair, so I don't care. <laughs> it's fair. Sponsor us, Donna. So <laughs> he'd been having some emotional issues. So he was on edge. He was feeling really insecure about himself. Mm. He was doing mescaline and apparently having a hard time recovering from that. So they were on this tour in the U.S. And shortly before uh, a group of the band, a group of the band, <laughs> shortly before the group started traveling from San Francisco to Los Angeles, L.A. had a huge earthquake. So he's already – so Spencer now, he's already, like, feeling bad about himself. He's mentally fragile. He's on mescaline. And now he's having all these negative premonitions about the earthquake. So he really didn't want to go to L.A. So he was super apprehensive about having to go there. They're in San Francisco, and they're going to L.A. Okay. And he apparently pleaded with Mick Fleetwood to cancel that leg of the tour. Okay. He was so agitated about it. Unsuccessfully, obviously, they're not canceling their tour. So they go. Shortly after arriving in L.A. on the day of a gig, the group was scheduled to perform at the Whiskey A Go-Go. Mm-hmm. Very famous venue. And Spencer Which, was at, like, can you imagine getting to see Fleetwood Mac at, at the Whiskey right, A Go Go? I know. Like, if holy I could shit. go back in time. Oh my God, I go to all the shows. Yeah. All the shows. All of them. Especially mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. Because oh. it never happened. <laughs> so, so I guess we can't imagine seeing them there. So they get yeah. there, they check into their hotel room. Oh no. And shortly before they were supposed to go on, Spencer left the hotel room he shared with Mick Fleetwood just blocks away from Hollywood and Vine. And at about 2 p.m., his bags were all still packed. Mm -hmm. He left to go to the grocery store, apparently, according to Mick, with about $200. Okay. And he never returned. What? (laughs) The concert was canceled. We have found our crossover into true crime podcasting right now. This is a little crossover-y. 
I'm not going to lie I kind of love it. Never came back. So they canceled the gig. Um, and uh, some members of the group and, like, their band manager and some other people went out looking for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So some days later, days later. Days. After following some leads, he was found to have joined the religious group, the Children of God. Oh. And he declared, oh. when they finally stepped onto the compound and find him, found him, that he no longer wanted to be involved with Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Okay. Children of God. Okay. Children of God are a spiritual organization of spiritual revolutionaries centered in L.A. and with branch communes all around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're one of those kinds of group of people that would be seen like standing in the street and screaming, repent, repent, and okay. stuff like that. All right. So, kind of extremists. a... Extremists. Extremists. Yeah. Severely religious, severely. you might even say. That is severe Lee, yeah. Members of the Children of God founded communes where they would proselytize in the streets oh. and distribute pamphlets. <laughs> David Berg was a former former Christian minis- minis- uh, former Christian missionary alliance pastor, founded the movement, and he communicated with his followers by writing letters. So he founded this movement, and they all went and they formed communes all around the world. Okay. At one point by ni- by the nineteen seventies, they had. Over 130 communes, communities, whatever you want to call them. And he would communicate with them through letters. So he wasn't like going through them. And they were published and it was kind of like his, those were considered like his works and that's how he'd like get the word out to them. Okay. So. um, Those were his Facebook posts. Those were his Facebook posts. He (laughs) published nearly 3,000 of them over a period of 24 years with the group. Okay. Okay. So, a long time. Though. This is 1971 when this happens. Okay. The Children of God was abolished in February of 1978. Berg reorganized the movement immediately. So it was banned, but he reorganized who, it. Like who banned it? He renamed it. So basically what happened was uh, <laughs> there were heavy allegations of misconduct, <laughs> including uh, financial management and mm-hmm their abuse of authority and he used a controversial method called flirty fishing are you aware of uh, are you aware of what this is what flirty fishing was a method that berg created that was basically it said that women were to use their bodies to recruit men and they were encouraged (laughs) to go out (laughs) And use flirty fishing, and I'm not going to read to you the I mean, methods kind that of they the recommended. Entertainment industry, but you know, whatever. And that's how they should go out. It's essentially religious prostitution. Sure, classic the, cult shit. Is what's very classic yeah. cult shit. Yeah. Um, because Berg interpreted in the Bible that women should use sex in order to entice men to join the group. He got that from the like oh, yeah. loaves and fishes. Yeah, I remember thing. that part. What the fucking no? <laughs> you remember when Jesus went out and blew a bunch <laughs> like, of dudes and then they all like, 12 of them and they started following yeah. guys, right? You know. He apparently interpreted <sighs> that from like the loaves and loaves and fishes part oh. where if you could get a f- I'm not here to fucking... I know. Okay. So in 1978, the flirty fishing was a big controversy. There was a lot of financial mismanagement claims, and the group was also accused of sexually abusing and raping minors within the organization. Of course. Listen, I'm sorry, guys. I know that's tough, but we're talking about a cult right now. These things happen. This is real. With considerable evidence to support that claim. So one-eighth of the membership 
dropped out when they heard about all this. So it was okay. disbanded. He, like, they disbanded. And then he rebanded it immediately and started calling it the Family of Love. During this time, the Family of Love, the flirty I'm, fishing. I, I don't know if you could hear the eye roll. <laughs> could you hear the, the eye roll? Keep those Keep those eyes warmed up. Okay. It they're, gets they're warm. <laughs> so much better. Oh, all um, right. So those who stayed in the movement were now in the family of love. And during this time, flirty fishing became like <laughs> the fucking way of the way. He was like, go out, flirty, flirt, flirt fish, fish, use all of your holes. Catch the fish. You know, in 2020, we can't be touching each other's orifices. Oh, right. That's all they were doing. That's what they were. Um, a researcher yeah. later went back and did research on this group and estimated that members had sexual contact with 223,000 people Thousand. during that time. Oh. Okay. That's time goes on. There are, lot, there are a lot of fish in the sea. It turns out <laughs> there are. If you flirt with too many fish in the sea, yeah. you might get some... Well, the thing is that you get more fish in the sea is what you get. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And fish in your V if you get yeah. an infection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They disband again after that. The group rebands immediately. They become known as the family. And they issued, like, an official statement about their publication of rules about having sexual interactions with minors. And they say, oh, because rules. we didn't have an official rule about this before. They have, like, a code of conduct. Now they have, they have a like, code an of orientation. Conduct. You have to sign the thing. And it's just, like, it shows a picture of a kid. And they're, mm, like, like and with an a hand and yeah. an axe over the hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Um, they issued a statement saying, because it wasn't in our previous uh, rules, people didn't know, and right. so it happened, and now right. we acknowledge it, and now it's strictly forbidden. That was the problem. So many cults in the 60s and 70s. Oh, my God. So fascinating. Mm-hmm. So Berg died in 1994, and the group continued on. They wow. issued a love charter to more <laughs> accurately outline their values Ugh. and rules and responsibilities for each member. It became like much more organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of which currently include flirty fishing or sex with minors. Oh, so, all right. Flirty fishing is gone. This is good. They are now currently referred to as TFI for the Family International. And their members believe that they are soldiers in the spiritual war of good versus evil for the souls and hearts of men. You got your eyes ready? <laughs> they also believe in the term loving Jesus. Okay. This is a term that members use to describe their intimate sexual relationship with Jesus. TFI describes its loving Jesus teaching as a radical form of bridal theology. Oh, this is this is just (laughs) they believe these are a lot of this is like a Ashley's eyes. Alice in Wonderland. You go through the door, and then it's like the smaller door, and then like the smaller door, and then you eat a mushroom and take some mescaline. Yeah, and then there's a cat who creates a door. It's just a hole, and then there's a queen. Yeah, and then there's more doors. (laughs) Exactly. There's a rabbit that's late. I don't. (laughs) A lot of lateness in this. They believe the church of followers is Christ's bride. Called to love and serve him with wifely fervor, but they take bridal theology further, encouraging members to imagine Jesus is joining them during sexual intercourse and masturbation. Now, now, (laughs) male members are cautioned to visualize themselves as women during these interactions in order to avoid a homosexual relationship with Jesus. I, I... 
like I need a minute to like <laughs> I need to think to think that through. There's a lot of what, what do you have to think about? Yeah, what are you going to say to that, Ashley? That through what? I don't, <laughs> I don't even. I'm trying to find where there might. I don't know why I'm trying to find any semblance of logic, but I'm trying to find like the train of thought that got them there. I already mentioned the it's mescaline, just, Ashley. Uh, I know. I know. I don't know. I, I think in the 60s, there were a lot of cults. I guess people were just having a hard time with, like, the changes in society. And people would run off because they, like, craved leadership yeah. and, like, a place to belong. I, but, I mean, things are not so now. We're not joined, I, joining cults. I know. Well, people, there are things still exist. So, many. You're going to be started on the Nexium cults in that Lifetime movie. I know. Uh, I will get you started. Many TFI (laughs) publications and messages claim to be from Jesus himself. (laughs) Elaborate this intimate sexual. It was from Jesus's Facebook page. I did see that. He did post it. He He was like, picture me while you do it. Yeah. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Elaborate this intimate sexual relation they believe Jesus desires and needs. Right. And like, so the the Fleetwood Mac guy is still now, he's... So, uh, Spencer, so he, he goes missing. Spencer's friends and hunters thought that the guitarist might have been taken to an Alamo commune. So they knew when he disappeared that he might have been taken. So they went looking for him. <coughs> so over the period of a few days, they followed some leads. They went to a couple of different, com- I think they went to one commune. They went to one commune twice that you can just like look up where communes are like you just in the yellow pages what do you get the commune map yeah from the map store a4 yep there it is how do you know they had to call police i think and to help track them down oh man okay um so they were finally led to the children of god and they were in downtown la because they thought he was like on some other commune so when they found him his he had long hair had been cut his clothes were exchanged for rags and remember he had the two hundred dollars on him yeah he claimed the two dollars two hundred dollars he had was taken and distributed amongst the 400 cult members (laughs) oh oh how convenient good yeah totally legit Give us all your clothes and your and money, money yeah. but we love you. Yeah. Um, he told the manager, Cliff Davis, that he would not rejoin the band. They tried. Um, he also renounced his wife and two children, oh. according to Davis. Oh, no. But I think later you'll hear in the story, he he must have gone back on that because he ends up back with them, oh, okay. I think. Oh, man. Uh, they live in London. That's where all the band members uh, share a house. And mm-hmm. he said, Jesus will take care of them, quote. Um, according to one of the search party members who found him, while Cliff was talking to him, about a hundred of the guys in the cult were standing around him, and one guy kept rubbing his shoulders saying, you're just a little god, and he looked hypnotized. But Spencer oh, said he's always, ma- he's always maintained that he joined of his own free will. Okay. He had been walking around downtown, and he was approached by a man who engaged him in a conversation about God. And mm. um, he became – and so he invited him to go to the mission where the other members were staying. And Spencer became convinced that this change of direction was the best course for him to take. He really wanted to get out of that tour, didn't he? He really He didn't did. want to play the fucking Whiskey a go He did. He just did it. I also like how part of his hesitation was about having a premonition about an earthquake, but he ended up staying in L.A. anyway. I mean, he was having a mescaline breakdown. I'm just I'm thinking back to some, you know, past band members of mine and band members have come and gone. And I'm just happy that 
you know, none of them have ever felt the need to join a cult to get out of my, my band. That you know of. I don't think so. I think we've all <laughs> had the, you know. I think the cult thing was an escape in the 60s. And if you're a boomer yeah. and you're listening and maybe you can chime in a little. Um for people who felt like they were at the end of their rope, yeah, it was like probably. a who knows, yeah, it was like a viable option. Yeah, um, so uh, they tried to continue to like encourage him to rejoin the tour, but mm-hmm. he said by the time they found him, his mind was made up, uh, and he believed he had made the right choice. Mm-hmm. But he does say to this day, he said he knew at the time it was like the right thing for him. He had to change course. But he said he does feel bad about the way that he left the band. Okay. So he regrets that. Yeah. Um, he said, the way I left, quote, and this is a quote, the way I left was wrong and a mistake. I should have told them right away, but I was desperate. Mm. I can relate to that. Sure. <laughs> you, you never gotten desperate and joined a cult? I, not yet. I mean, I still got time, I think. I keep yeah. checking. you got me so despite appeals from the band's manager to fulfill his obligations to Fleetwood Mac Spencer could not be persuaded to rejoin it was done so they had to go on without him Um, they had to get Peter Green who had previously left the band at the time of his departure um, and they had to recruit him to rejoin the band again for a little while. So Spencer and his wife moved to L.A. So, like I said, he previously renounced his family, but it sounds like he took them with him. I don't know, wow. unless he took a new wife. I didn't get more information I on know. that. Well, what did the cult tell him to do? I don't know. You tell us and we'll tell you. He would have done, yeah, whatever uh, So in order to live and work with the children of God, they moved to different countries throughout that time. Uh, And during his tenure with the group, he had all different kinds of roles. He formed a new band within the cult and recorded. (laughs) That's just like a kick in the shins. That's just like a Chinese finger trap to the. (laughs) That is a shin kick and a champagne bottle to the skull. I don't know. Like (laughs) that's just a dick move. I don't want to be in a band, so I'm going to join another band. No, I don't want to be in your band so badly. I'd rather be in the cult band. Like, I'd rather join a cult. Baby, he is the cult band. He made the cult band. I am the Mick Fleetwood of this cult (laughs) band. Fuck you, Lindsey Buckingham. Right. (laughs) I don't know when he joined the band. Oh, no. Um, So he formed a new band and recorded and toured with, like, no success. They were not a successful band. And tour the different communes. I I think he did actual. commune map and they went around. (laughs) Like. Next up is D four. <laughs> All right, we're going down to a. It's just a battleship. <laughs> it's not even a real map. No, do you remember you'd get it was a yeah, an atlas like and it would have gr- the, the grid, grid. Yeah. and you'd it, and you'd look for the town and yeah. then it would go A four. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Maps. Look them up, kids. Um, so in 1978, the cult actually hired like major management from a record label to represent him. And they secured him a deal with a major record label. He recorded an album. It had like some commercial success, but I've never heard of it. And Jeremy Spencer still works for the children of God. He's still a member, mainly as a book illustrator and story writer. He also still records and performs music, mostly for like religious and gospel gathering Mm. purposes and like gospel festivals. So he was an impressionist. 
How do we know he wasn't just doing an impression of a cult <gasps> member the whole time? Of himself. Or are we doing impressions of Jeremy right now? Is I think he was just impersonating a cult member. He was really good at it. Mm. Hey, I mean... <coughs> we can hope. I don't know. It sounds like they like... It sounds like their intensity died down. Ugh. There are a lot of cults that still exist. Yeah, the ones that didn't fucking are. kill themselves. Yeah. And people still... And what is a... I mean, there are some things that are questionably on the line of cults, not cults. So... But, you know, that's a different podcast. But yeah. Sean and I got into a conversation about our, like, mega churches. Yeah. Kind of a new form of cult where yeah. you're... Yeah. free to come and go physically in some regards but mm-hmm. you're a little bit um um yeah like yeah ra- wrapped in yeah like in what's ways. the where's the line what's the definition i don't know yeah but they're still operating and he's that's still why i think it. it's hard yeah um apparently yeah. in 2007 spencer reconnected with his former fleetwood mac group members and they had like an informal unofficial jam session together no official reunion has ever been had but uh, i guess they reconnected wow um and they're on decent terms i'm glad he's like okay yeah i'm glad and <laughs> go down you can obviously like i wanted to give a description of the cult to let you know it wasn't just some harmless cult like it was some serious yeah, shit legit. Yeah. but it sounds like he did okay he's doing okay he was able to like travel and still make music Mm. and survive and get by and they tried to support him in his music pretty seriously crazy (laughs) but yeah he just up and left and uh that was it man Uh, wow and that's the story of jeremy spencer that's that is not what i was expecting no no (laughs) i mean you want to like you quit a band it's like yeah (laughs) You don't, yeah. You don't join a cult? No, that's very, very extreme. Every time I quit my job, I join a cult. Every time. Every time. I'm in so many cults. Hmm. I've had like two jobs in my whole life. (laughs) I wonder if like, I don't know, it's like a, um, it's a good excuse. Do they still have to pay you? Do they have to give you like a package if you leave for a cult? Yeah. You think you got a package? The cult package. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get a different package depending on how you quit. Man, oh man. That <laughs> Jeremy is... Spencer, he went out for cigarettes. He went out for groceries three yeah. days ago and mm-hmm. hasn't been back since. There he goes. Yeah. And that's it. That's wow. my story for you. That's a warm. <laughs> that's a gig tale. Hole of a, yeah. That's interesting. I wonder what the gigs were like with the cult band, you know? I, I think <laughs> it's like severely religious music. Yeah. Because he was severely <laughs> religious. religious. Yeah, he was. He was. It was. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? I mean, I knew there was a lot of crazy shit with like, I think there are probably a lot of things with Fleetwood Mac with like a lot of the, like you said, the comings and goings Mm -hmm. and the relationships and the affairs and writing songs about the affairs and Mm -hmm. playing them in the band with the people that are involved Mm -hmm. in the things and the, Mm. yeah. That happened in the mamas and the papas too. Really? What was going on in the sixties and seventies, you guys? love and love the one you're with and all that. Well, that's how you get flirty fishing in 230,000 fishing contacts get stds too you mm-hmm. know? we know now yeah we do we're smarter <sighs> yeah all right ashley Man. terry yes what are you listening to oh god do i have to <laughs> <laughs> i know we like forget that we do this whole thing uh, if i have to recommend something mm-hmm. oh no i didn't come prepared with something to recommend <laughs> how did that happen what did what was what did you listen to on the way here 
Um, I listened to something I already recommended on the way here. Oh, no. Yeah. I thought it came with four. I only came with three. (laughs) Whoopsie-doo. Oh, you know what I'll recommend? Um, I'm going to recommend Prince. Fuck it. I listen to so much Prince. All right. I love Prince. Okay. He's... I've recommend. I've talked about him before. Yeah, you got very mad at me when I deleted him. I did. I think that's Sorry. a huge, huge error. Um, Prince, <laughs> obviously, like you can go back and look at his outfits and like some of the videos and stuff. They're very cheesy. Like he did exist during the '80s, and I just want to say, fucking God. I- I'm so sorry for everyone who was like hot during the 80s, but no one will ever know because you it was the 80s. Yeah. You know, you were like, covered in shoulder pads, shoulder pads and like see? weird hair curls and yeah, crazy shaped like dresses and stuff. Yeah. What was happening in neon? Yeah, there was. Yeah. Uh, but I do love Prince and I never get tired of him. And he is someone who created so so much so often i should actually tell i think i'm going to get into a story of his and like you know everyone thinks of the artist formerly known as prince and yeah. like what a weird thing that the was symbol and blah, blah, blah. but there was a there was like a contractual reason behind that wow. and it was a it was an act of defiance on his part okay. with his record label and he's cool. such an interesting guy and he's someone who up until you know the year he died he was releasing music that i thought was new and listenable and mm-hmm. just I never stopped. You know, it was never, oh, don't play your new stuff. It was like, I want to hear his new stuff. Yeah. 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 Cool. Take a hint, Paul McCartney. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would love for you to cover some Prince stuff because he's someone I, I mean, I never, I just never really got into him. I think he's great. He's incredibly, he was incredibly talented. Oh, yeah. Um, But I just don't, I don't know a lot about him other than the typical things like the, like you said, like the artist artist formerly known as the, Mm -hmm. the you know, the purple and the whole thing. It's a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. We the do lead speak or the, whatever they call it. <laughs> the, the cat pack does purple rain. So oh, God, that's my favorite. I'm familiar with that one. But yeah, that's usually like our, our closer. It's really. That's a it's quite perfect good. closer. It is a yeah. perfect one. Yeah. Yeah. And Ken and Paul switch and Paul plays guitar. If you've ever, have you ever seen it. purple rain? Yeah. That, yeah. That's the, yeah. yeah. There you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we make it rain in the mm-hmm. building and mm-hmm. we ruin all the instruments and the, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause there's never a tent to cover us. Of and, course. Oh, right. Yeah. That's what Prince would have wanted. It's <laughs> great. Rest in peace, boo boo. Um, I mean, yeah. His, his Super Bowl halftime show. I don't right? cry often. I openly wept when Prince died. Really? I was well, devastated yeah. because, like, let's get real. It was Paul sad. McCartney was dies sad. tomorrow. I'm going to be very sad. Mm-hmm. He was a huge influence on my life and yeah. my musical tastes, but uh, he's not putting out anything that I'm going to be like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get to hear Driving Rain. Um, but Prince, I was devastated because mm-hmm. he was still putting out new stuff, yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of tragic, just like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. What happened to him was very sad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think so. that started, helped to start shining a light on the opioid ep- epidemic. Yeah. And what was happening to people, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's not a bad person's disease. Yeah. To anyone. Mm-hmm. Right, totally. Everyone's susceptible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll look forward to more Prince coverage. Um I'm going to I'm going to uh recommend a podcast that we both we were talking about that we both enjoy. Oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Um so Armchair Expert, we are both armchairies. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Jax. <laughs> I'll always like uh armchairies. armchairies. That's the term for my. Do we have a term for our listeners? Giglets? <laughs> oh. Oh, is that bad? I don't know. Okay, I hate it. 
I don't know. I don't know yet. I hate everything. You guys I tell do, us. Though. You yeah. tell us what you want us to call you, and yeah. then we'll tell you that you're called it. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. What are you? Um, we yes. So armchair expert is Dax Shepard's podcast. He's, uh, as you may know, he's an, a, a comedic actor. Um, he's married to Kristen Bell, who's a, a, a comedic actress in mm-hmm. her own right. She's the voice of Anna in Frozen, so that's a big deal. She's in The Good Place. Um, you know, he was in one mm. of my favorite shows, Parenthood. Oh yeah, he talks about that a lot. So good, such a. I was, that was like a show. I was sad to see. End. It didn't last long. It was a. I, it didn't la- not long enough for me for my liking. Okay. I thought it was really good. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's funny. He's talented. But his his podcast is really good. It's not. It's not what like when I first started diving into it. It's not what I expected from Dax. I was expecting like kind of silly humor, very yeah, topical, goofy. goofy. Yeah, but he's he's. Um, he goes like pretty deep with people and he's very, Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He asks, it's not topical. It's very no. like, he asks probing questions. He mm-hmm. gets, he has pretty much like celebrity guests on every episode, mm-hmm. but he gets to like, he asks, I find different questions I agree. from like other, there are people who I've seen a billion interviews with, like, and you're like, I've heard this I've fucking heard this story, whole, this person's mm-hmm. whole life, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he gets to like the heart of different things. Yeah. I feel like it's very much like the therapy cast yeah, idea of, that we, yeah. t- where he like digs in. And, yeah. Yeah. I agree. But yeah. the, he's also just like a normal person. Mm-hmm. So, and I, apparently he like sits in a lazy boy with a microphone. <laughs> like very very armchair and apparently there isn't a door on the bathroom there's a bathroom there's not a door Mm -hmm. Kristen is not happy about that Mm -mm. but he's okay with it there's Mm -hmm. a whole thing um but yeah i think it's i I like it it like surprised me how much i got into it and how much i just wanted to keep listening Mm -hmm. to more and more episodes Mm -hmm. when i first started listening um and yeah i think what i really respect and like a lot about him is he has kind of a a checkered past so yep. to speak like he's yep. he's um he's sober in recovery. He's in, yep. right mm-hmm. so he's done a lot of shitty things he mm-hmm. he says in his past yeah. but he like he's totally open about talking about mistakes that he's made and shit that he's done yeah. and but he also isn't he's not in like a in like a self deprecating no, way no i mean he'll be funny or he'll joke about it kind of but he doesn't he does not in like a shameful way, no. I guess. No. He will joke, but he yes. he's very much just like, yeah, I don't like this is who I was and I own it and I've like learned and here's what I learned. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah. And here's what I know from this and here was my behavior before mm-hmm. and here's like where I got to that point. Yeah. Or what would have driven me to do this or that. Yeah. When he's like talking about someone else's behavior yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he has a very yeah. kind of graceful way of talking yeah. about it and, and I think it's, it's important to talk about. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And I don't think you, I also think it's okay if that's a part of your past and you don't want to talk about it. That's fine. But I think it's important for people like him, someone who's willing to do it, to be like open about it, to maybe help other people feel comfortable. And it's not like a shameful Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. We like him. Yeah, so I would recommend you go on and like his episodes are named with the guests. And mm-hmm. the way I got into it, I didn't do my whole I have to go to the first one and listen to it. Actually, well, I went to I forget which one actually brought me in. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't remember, but it might have I don't know, it might have even been with Kristen, like his he had yeah. his wife on a couple right. times. Um, 
but I just went and I downloaded like I looked I just scrolled through and any right. of the guests that I was like interested in learning about uh-huh. I would download those yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then sometimes he also has like experts, experts like real yeah. experts mm-hmm. um like scientists and mm-hmm. and things like that on so it's not always like your pop icon mm-hmm. celebrity people but um so it's cool so yeah there's there's a plethora of guests to choose mm-hmm. from so pick somebody you like yeah. and give it a shot yeah see how you like it we both recommend yeah all right ashley <laughs> you know what we always say yes we say this we say if you like <laughs> if you like what you heard tell a friend and if you didn't like what you heard <laughs> tell an enemy yes please and Please. keep gigging and, and sponsor like us. and share and subscribe and rate and, and email us hate mail at gigtailspodcast at gmail.com and like our Facebook posts and, and recommend us share our Instagram and send me a check in the mail and <laughs> <laughs> interact with us, please. No, keep okay. gigging. All right. Bye. Bye. Ugh. Are we are we fucking recording yet? No, we are we on? There are two <laughs> bars. Why is the one bar moving so fast? Okay, it's going. It's catching up. <laughs> okay. Here we are. Here, here, here we are. Here we are. Oh no, I can't hear us. Oh, oh no. In the headphones. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, oh yeah, no, I can hear it. Okay.